Mixed emotions. Hey, gang, it's good to see you all. I am glad to be here. And uh, hey, Anthony, here's all your music, man. Um, it is great to be back at Martha Bowman. Uh, right? It really is. Now, for some of you who don't know who I am, um, well, I was the associate here back in 1988 to 91. And just glad that I have returned and have Anthony to be supportive. Let's give it up for Anthony. Come on. Um, and I need to tell you, I've been here about a week, and I'm about tired of everybody telling me how great he is. Seriously. We love Anthony. I'm about tired of and if he gets too big for his britches, I'm going to remind him that when I had his job, he was starting kindergarten. <laughs> In fact, I know his mother. Seriously. All I have to do is make one phone call. And so, uh, no, it is great to be back. And, uh, and we're going um, to talk about that. But first, we're going to read scripture. And uh, I want to invite you to look at the screens with me. I believe we've got uh, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. And uh, let's read that together. I think I have the same version as you do, so let's read it together. Ready? But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. It is good that you should wait patiently, sorry, for the salvation of the Lord. And then let's read on to Philippians. You ready for this? Philippians chapter 1. Here we go. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're here. You preceded us here. And it's something deep within us that calls us to gather together. We believe that to be your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I just ask for your anointing on what I share today and on the remainder of this service and the one that's going on simultaneous to this service in our sanctuary. Uh, so we offer our praise to you. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Well, gang, it is great to be here. Um, now, some of you may be first-time visitors. Maybe you're here because you want to celebrate with us what an awesome week we had with Vacation Bible School um, with Liz Hammock and April Foster and the great job they did in leadership. If you're here for the first time, uh, just raise your hand. We don't typically do this, but I'm just going to ask you if you're Let's create a support group, one, two, because this is my first time, okay? We'll, we'll have a little support group. Uh, yeah, and we want you to feel very welcome here. Now, we don't typically do that, and that's probably a no-no, but I, I just, I wanted you to feel some affinity to who's speaking today. All right, and then um, uh, I, I know that uh, there are some that were in the youth program when I was here. Anybody in the youth program when I was here? 
Okay, some of them are sitting, uh, some of them are serving time now, I think. Um, <laughs> yes, I see a few of you. Yes, some of you are barely willing to raise your hand. Thank you, Nancy. Appreciate that. Appreciate that boldness on your part. Got that. Okay. Well, good. Well, good. Well, things, things have changed. Change is inevitable in life, isn't it? In fact, I want to give you an example, if I would, uh, if, if you would, look up here at the screen. And I've got some great, this is kind of us, this is Delia and me, somewhere around now. And uh, obviously, I'm the one on the right. And, uh, and there's Delia, she's on the front row. In fact, I'll introduce uh, Delia, please stand, if you would. And uh, to her, turn around this way, that's good. <laughs> Woo, yeah, I like that. All right, and then Rebecca, this is my daughter. She's going to be starting Georgia Southern University in just a matter of days. Well done. And then my last born, praise the Lord, this is Jordan. How are you doing? Good to see you. All right, and so uh, and then I have one that just graduated from Asbury University up in Kentucky. He is a, a biology major, and we are so proud of him. But more importantly, he has a job. Yes! I am so pumped about that. Um, and, and so that's a little bit of my, my mother-in-law lives with us. Now that is some kind of son-in-law, isn't it? My mother-in-law lives with us, and the church has been so hospitable, and we appreciate that. And she's an awesome lady, and, and uh, she has a sitter with her right now. But uh, she'll be with us occasionally, and, and we're glad for that. Sometimes she has to stay back, but... Uh, yeah, times have changed. There's a, a little bit. I mean, put that back up. All right, uh, show me, show me an, uh, the, uh, the other. I want to show you what change does. This is what change does to you. <laughs> this is change, baby. I mean, that's what dealing with you church people for 25 years will do to you. <laughs> Golly. I mean, I had pigment to my hair. My tie was thinner. My waist was thinner. Delia looks the same. But I will say this. Well, it's kind of like my daughter said, Rebecca. I'm just going to tell them what you said. We, came, we went through some old photo albums. We came across this. You know what she said? It was real affirming. You all look like pilgrims. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, right? From Plymouth Rock to North Macon. And uh, what's up with that collar, baby? Nineteen eighty-eight. Look at the back. I mean, look at the church. It's changed, hasn't it? You see that little little building there next to the white uh, sanctuary? That was like a barracks, literally, and they they bricked it in. So change happens, and a lot has changed. Uh, not only my family, not only my appearance. Uh, change can happen. I mean, take about think about how we've communicated or. Communication has changed in the last 25 years. Since I've been here, I, Daddy Rick, y'all know Daddy Rick? Rick Lanford, Methodist home, some of you know him. He serves there, great guy. We went out to eat lunch Thursday, and I reviewed for him what it was like going out to lunch with him 25 years ago in Macon. I was riding in his SUV 25 years ago. He was taking me out to lunch. And he had something that not many had 25 years ago. A cellular bag phone. <laughs> I mean, that dude was bad to the bone. I mean, I looked at that thing. You remember that big old honker? I mean, it was a big old thing with a cord and dial on the inset, you know, and I was like looking at that thing going, wow. 
He said, you want to make a call? I said, I'd love to make a call. He said, go ahead. Call Delia. I called Delia. I said, hey, baby, guess where I am? She said, where? I said, I'm riding with Rick Lanford in his Jeep. Well, good. Was there a reason why you called? I'm talking to you on a mobile phone. She said, really? She was impressed. Well, now I have an iPhone. In fact, I have an iPad. Thank you very much. And uh, the iPhone this week, and Rick called me on the iPhone, and we went out to lunch, and I had my own iPhone. Okay? And after we had lunch together, he, he sends me a text, and he says, Hey, Stefan, enjoyed lunch. You just made a butt call to me. Uh, so, so things change, don't they? <laughs> I'm sorry about some of the children in here. I shouldn't use that word. Um, um, so, you know, and gang, you know, in reality, a lot has changed in 25 years. I mean, think about 9-11. In the interim while I was gone, somewhere right in the middle, uh, our nation was attacked. And, and never before had we experienced anything like that in our lifetime where our homeland was attacked, and, and we began to wonder, have we lost our innocence completely? Are we safe anywhere? Things change. But I guess I want to say to you today that as uh, I've changed um, in some ways, I mean, uh, Jacob, our oldest son, he'll say, Dad, why is it that Jordan... The third born gets to do things that, that I never got to do. I said, well, first of all, son, I'm tired. <laughs> but secondly, I'm, I'm the same person, but I'm not the same parent. It's kind of like when my mother-in-law was in our life early on, and that first baby came, and we were in that pregnancy, and, and we, were, we were expecting that firstborn, And we wanted to bond with that baby. All right? And so we said to Carrie Sue, my mother-in-law, now we want to bond. You come down, see the baby, then you go home for two weeks. We want to really do this bonding thing. Okay? Well, when the second one came, we said, now, Carrie Sue, when, when the second one comes, now, when Rebecca comes, we want you to come on uh, the day that uh, she's born, and would you watch Jacob, the oldest? When the third one was expected, we said, will you move in with us six months early? <laughs> You see, we change, don't we? And, and even as, but the wonderful thing is that he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. Whether that means change in a variety of ways, we, change is inevitable. I've changed, my family has changed. I, I think about how we communicate. We, we've seen changes in that way. Uh, the world we live in has changed. And and even you've had changes in pastoral leadership. I mean, I, th I think about uh, some of you, and if you're new here, forgive me, and if you're visiting for the first time, just endure this, but some of you remember Tim Bagwell. Uh, Tim Bagwell was the senior pastor when I was the associate, and they called us, they called us, they called us, first and second Timothy. <laughs> I felt that was like a little condescending toward me. 
So I saw Tim Bagwell at annual conference in Macon, and I said to him, look, it's a new day. You're no longer First Timothy at Martha Bowman. Just want to say that. It's the second coming of Second Timothy. <laughs> the other thing that I, I, want to, I want you to know is Hugh Davis. Some of you may have come during Hugh Davis's time. I don't wear a hat with a feather. Just want to let you know that. That is not me. Now, I got these seersucker pants on, but I will not wear a hat that has a weird-looking feather coming out of it. Bob Moon. Maybe you remember Bob. He was here eight years, had a great impact, just like those other pastors. Bob, I'm not going to wear Hawaiian shirts. Just not, just not going to do it. And then Jay Harris. I don't use big words like Jay does. I mean, I was up here visiting. I had a dictionary I had to carry with me when we walked around the church. I was like... Jay, what did you just say? I don't... But I want to say this about Jay and Kay. I am indebted to them because they took some, Jay took some courageous, he stepped into some courageous uh, decision-making along with you to right the ship, to get it to a better place where it's pointed towards the future, and I am indebted to him. I really am. I'm excited about how he's got us postured for greatness for the Lord. And and I, I think about the staff. One of the, the tributes that I want to say is, is the great staff that he leaves behind. I mentioned Anthony. Y'all know John Horton? Get this. John was my district superintendent. He was my boss when I left here. He told me what meetings to go to. We've got a just God. <laughs> we really do. Don't tell him I said that. He's in the other service. But gang, so much has changed. And even the church has changed. Even this church has changed. Some have moved to different communities. Some have chosen to go to different churches. Some have run ahead of us to go to the Heavenly Father. But you know, I want to, on that second one, I want to say this. You know what? I think God is less concerned about people who chose to go to a different church maybe during a diff difficult time. I think what, what the Lord Jesus is more concerned about is that person that has no relationship with him and that we have a responsibility to reach out to them. Because lost people matter to God. If somebody's going to another church, that's great. Bless them. I pray they'll grow in the Lord. But for us, we're going to be the best version of Martha Bowman Church we can be. And that means that we've got to reach out with the gospel. That means we've got to invite people into a loving community like this. And, and I want to say to you, if you're here today, maybe for the first time, and you don't have a church home, we want to invite you back. We want to, and maybe some of you have gotten away from the church. And I want to say, come back home. Like me, come back home to Martha Bowman Church. Because I believe that that God has great things for us. And Jeremiah helps us with that. Jeremiah was bombed. I mean, he was disappointed in the people of God, Judah. Uh, they, they were sinful. They were broken. He was disappointed in himself. He thought, you know what? There should be more expected of me as a leader. Why have I failed? And I want to say to you, he was disappointed in God. He was angry at God. And in the midst of that, there were a lot of vivid kinds of images that came about. But one of them, as he's bemoaning, as he's saying, you know what, life is bitter and I'm bitter, 
But then there was a ray of hope. There was a moment in chapter 3, and we see that. That while a lot of things change, and for Jeremiah, a lot of things changed, and it wasn't good change, and maybe that's the case for you today. Maybe you've moved through a divorce, and there's brokenness in your life, and, 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 and maybe there's some loneliness or some unreconciled uh, loose ends out there. Or, or maybe you've experienced some financial difficulties. You're upside down. Uh, you, you've lost your home, and it's not the kind of change you wanted. Or, or maybe it's a diagnosis, and, and the doctor has said, look, you've got to do this. You've got to take this treatment on. Whatever it is, there's some things that remain, and one thing that is absolute that remains in the midst of change is the is the fact that we have hope. And, and, and that's the gospel. Christ offers us hope. You see, while I was away, some things have remained. And one of those is the hope we find in the gospel. And, and Jeremiah alludes to that. He's ahead of his time because he says this. He says, look, I find my hope because God is my portion. In other words, we have hope because we belong to God. And so one thing hasn't changed, and that's God's offering us hope. Therefore, I call to mind, I have hope, and this is my portion. It's the Lord. The other thing is God's faithfulness. He says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. When all else changes, when chaos is the operative word in my life, God's faithfulness will never change. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he'll be present with me just like he was years ago. Just like he was in 1988. He wants to do a great thing again. He wants us to reboot, reset, and reactivate for ministry. And the other is, not only does God faithfully show up, God is faithful uh, God offers us hope. He is good by nature. And Jeremiah says that the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. I really believe that the Lord has a plan for your life, and it's a wonderful plan. In fact, Jay last week used this scripture, and I want to use it as a bridge, Philippians 1.6. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Let me share that reassuring word, that God still has a story to write with us. God is not finished with us yet. And, and God has wonderful plans for us. And you know, it would be easy for some of us who remember 1988 to 19. Uh, 91 and beyond to live in what we would think is the glory day but I glory days but I want to suggest to you the glory days are ahead of us I really believe that and I believe the Lord wants to do a new thing in us and it's not going to be about me it's going to be about we together responding to the Holy Spirit being obedient to the Holy Spirit and responding in mission and ministry to a broken world. And so I'm confident that that work that he began in you is going to continue until it's completed.
In fact, Jeremiah 29:11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, describes the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you, help me, Jeremiah, hope and a future. And I really believe that God has hope for this church and a future as we offer Christ to the world. Henry Blackaby helped me. He said, really, the Holy Spirit's been moving all along. The Holy Spirit is likened to a stream, a current in a stream. And our responsibility is simply to step into that stream. And we're not going to just put a toe in, and we're not going to wade in, and we're not even going to jump in. Gang, I want us to dive in. And I'm going to ask you to dive in with me, that we would get caught up in the current of what the Holy Spirit wants to do through all of us. I'm going to call on Anthony at this time to come and, and lead us in worship. Um, as part of that worship experience, you'll be watching a, a video from VBS where kids heard the gospel and they heard that God has a plan for them. And so let's celebrate that together.